The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked in to the latest episode of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Check out rotofanatic.com right now. Pause the show, type in the URL, bookmark the page, and start playing with our cutesy wootsy and cuddly data monster. It's episode 67, the Seth Lugo edition. For today's show, we bring aboard a fella who is known for his stabilization info in fantasy baseball. He's as cool as the other side of the pillow, he loves to chill, and he's tougher than a brick of ice. Let's give it up for Max Freeze! Join your host, Michael Govier, as Max and Michael break down new faces in new places and the impact of their new ballparks. 2019 or 2020, what player and which season does Max prefer? And of course, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> Max is a next level wizard when it comes to fantasy baseball data. So make sure you have clear eyes, full hearts, and we guarantee you on this episode that you can't lose. Take it away, boys! We are now live! Hey, it's Rico Velazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Tonight it's just me, no Deary. Deary is unavailable. It's Monday nights. So those are reserved for quality time and, you know, reflection. I'm happy for you, Deary. We're thinking of you as we do tonight's show. We got another person here in the hopper who's going to be talking fantasy baseball with us. Don't forget to follow the show, Plazo Podcast, on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. Utah. Give me two. Plazo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Send us an email. Send us your queries. Uh, we're really excited to be part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network, as always. Check out Rotofanatic.com. We got the Data Monster doing its thing, crunching numbers, giving you top-notch 
revelations about players that you're targeting in your 2021 fantasy drafts. And you can read the week that was from Dave Funnel, also on rotofanatic.com, and our rankings. My rankings are on there, along with all the other analysts on the site. And I put some work into them, so check them out. Let me know what you think. And if you got beef with them, then come right here and tell me. Today, we have a man whose introduction requires that we take it down a notch. We get a little bit colder. You know, it's freezing outside in the Midwest right now. The temps are below zero. So it's apropos that we got on one of the guys who's probably known as one of the top-notch kind of stat crunchers in the business. He's got his own website. He also works at Pitcher List. You can check out his work, if you like, on his Twitter, which is always an easy way to get a hold of him, at FreezeStats, F-R-E-E-Z-E, Stats. Ladies and gentlemen, Max Freeze is in the building. Woo! Uh, What's up, Max? Not much. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. I, I really love I really love your energy, and I really am excited to be on here. Um, as, as much as my name is Max Freeze and Free Stats is my site, even this bone chilling cold is too much for me, believe it or not. It's hell, man, isn't it? Yeah, it's, just, <laughs> it's just part of life, though. We accept that living in the Midwest, don't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're used to it. It's just when it's, you know, three, four weeks of just nonstop, you know, below zero wind chills it's it's rough pounds you it's, it tries to suck the life out of you but i think it shows the incredible resolve of us midwestern folk that we can stand tall face this head on and get through it and then oh, enough, summertime will be here so. uh, cross your fingers uh, maybe i don't know, who knows? <laughs> climate change who the hell knows what's going on anyways uh thanks for doing the show tonight man it's a real pleasure to have you aboard because you are like one of the elite stat crunchers. You got a you got a good take on a lot of different angles. You're definitely deep into analytics, and I think if somebody wants to know about analytics and how to use it properly in fantasy baseball, you are a guy that people should be following. Yeah, you know, I uh, sorry, I think you know, I, I've been writing out for a few years um, and, and kind of just really diving into the analytics. Uh, probably started back in 2014. Um, and just kind of, it just snowballed from there. I mean, there's so much out there right now and it's, uh, it's overwhelming, but I, I can't get enough of it. So, um, I'm always looking for, for a new edge. I'm looking at, uh, you know, reading a lot of articles, trying to, trying to find that edge and, and kind of how it relates to fantasy baseball, just to, just to keep those things rolling. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And, uh, I'm going to keep, <laughs> I'm going to keep trying, trying the best I can. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's loving it, folks. Uh, so if people head over to the website, Free Stats, what's, uh, what can we expect there going forward? Because I know that you've been busier with other things you were mentioning uh, right. in recent yeah. times. Yeah, I've been taking a uh, break from writing. I haven't had as much time to write, so I haven't, um, you know, I, I just, it would be kind of stagnant. So I, I've kind of taken it down just to try to revamp it and, and come up with some more work. Uh, I'm still doing research when I can, and, uh, of course, uh pumping it out on Twitter when I, when I get a chance, but, um, I do have, um, you know, you can hit me up. I've got, I'll have my ranks. Um, I'll put those out soon. Um, I'm still doing research on, uh, earn home runs, the metric that I, uh, ran a couple of years ago. And then I've got home run park factors that I've got to update, uh, with the new data. So, uh, I'm still pumping out, you know, all this work and, and you can always DM me or hit me up on Twitter. See, that is what we like to call somebody who's open and willing to connect with you. Accessible, as they say. Uh, Carlos Marcano says that Max posts about stabilization rates for fastball stats on his site. 
is one of the most useful things ever. Look oh. at that, Max. That's, uh, that's right from Carlos's mouth. Thank you. Stabilization rates, especially in a short season, are extremely important. I mean, we, we only had 60 games. A lot of players only had 200 or so plate appearances. Uh, pitchers, you know, may have started 10, 11 games. So, uh, you know, knowing those, those stabilization rates and what you can trust going forward are important. Um, you know, things like BABIP, uh, stats like that are just not going to stabilize that quickly. So it's, it's definitely something you want to be aware of. Um, and, and definitely, you know, choose, pick and choose which stats you want to trust going forward. Yes, and Carlos meant fantasy baseball stats, not fastball stats. And I read that wrong, but I see FB, and I just think fantasy. You know, fastball, fantasy baseball, it's you know, really it's the same thing. You know what? I'm, I'm right with you. I, I would have thought fastball, too. That's that's just where my mind's at right now. <laughs> if, In the simplest terms possible, Max, if nobody's ever heard about stabilization rates and they're listening to this show right now, how would you describe their use in fantasy baseball? So there's definitely some statisticians and other fantasy analysts that could explain this much better, but it's essentially a point where there's enough data in that certain statistic where you can say you can trust that, that that's a skill. And that's something that you can at least partially trust going forward. doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's not predictive, but it's descriptive of what happened. Um, it's not noise, as they say, it's not random. So that's, that's the best way I guess I could explain stabilization rates. Beautiful. Thank you. You know, we like to serve all types of players here, not just the high stakes or super dudes. We want to let the players who are playing on Yahoo or anybody, there's no league shaming here. There's none of that. We want to be inclusive to as much information as possible. So thank you for, you know, I breaking that down just for a brief moment. And that's, that's what matters. Hey, here. We're there's, just... that, there's no problem. I still, my home leagues on, on Yahoo, that's 15 years strong. So, you know, I got no issues there. (laughs) All right, dude, that's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you you know, you gotta, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty good achievement to, to keep going a 12 team, 12 team league for 15 years. It's not too bad. (laughs) Hell yeah, it is. That's, you know, that's Yahoo's always going to have a place for people because yeah, there's so many home leagues that are Yahoo centric. Ours is Yahoo centric. It Mm -hmm. still is. I, I admit that freely. Right. All right. So, Hey, we're also part of Glarf, by the way, the great lakes area Roto league, part of all the regional leagues like Nerf and Barf There's the original, I think. So, uh, what are your chances? Do you think you got a chance to dominate? (laughs) Uh, there are some heavy hitters in that one. Um, that's going to be a real fun league to be in. So I'm, I'm really excited and honored to be, a part of it um chances of winning slim pretty slim but um <laughs> uh, i think you know i'm i got a shot for sure i definitely uh definitely gonna give it my all there's no chance there's there's no chance that i'm gonna be backing down on that challenge yeah how about you that's my guy oh i'm ready to rock <laughs> i'm i'm gonna guns a blazing focused in locked in i got everything on my ammo that i'm going to be pointing towards this glarf because these are some big time players and if i want to show that i can hang with the big boys which i certainly can and the big girls everybody all the big we have a great little bunch too uh, janice scurio who was part of our glarf she just came out with the news today that she's part of what used to be roto world now it's called NBC Fantasy Sports Edge. I don't know. Anyways, it's still a great accomplishment, and <laughs> yes. uh, very happy for you, Janice. It's a special moment. So, a round of applause for Janice Curio, who was on the show 
Oh, that's right. The Edge. Thank you, Yancey. The Edge. NBC Sports, The Edge. So Janice is going to be right there now, along with George Montanez and my fellow Rotofanatic partner, Matt Williams. So good news for all three of you guys. All three of you guys are great Americans, and we couldn't be happier for you. Thank you so much. Yes, congratulations to all three of them. That's fantastic news. I love it. Is it coincidence that Janice's name ends in nice? No way. Yes, Yancey, you are correct. There is no way that's a coincidence. Janice was on the show last month. If you want to go back and listen to the episode with Janice Gurio, please do. It's episode 5-0, number 50. It'll always be number 50, which is a, yeah, it's a nice number. It's a nice whole number for her. So congratulations to Janice. Uh, we, like we said, we are part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network, and we also are the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe, and we want to make sure that people are aware of that. Uh, Max, are you a big Russell Crowe fan? Um, I mean, I really love The Gladiator. So yeah. it is. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah so there's that. <laughs> that. He won an Academy Award for that one. That no, was that's... like his uh, big breakout, I guess, in terms of being like on top of the world. That was like top Russell Crowe back then. Good film. I liked it, oh, too. Yeah. I don't know if it holds up. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but I liked it when it came out. <laughs> All right, let's do some uh, housekeeping here. That's what we always do on the show. Put on the Belvedere music. Do you know who Mr. Belvedere is, Max? Um, you'll have to refresh my memory. Well, he was an 80s uh, housekeeper. Some people call him a butler, but he took care of the house for the people on the TV show called Mr. Belvedere. Okay. It's the main character. <laughs> I'm not all that familiar. So this is, wow. this is good. This is good. <laughs> yeah, this is like, you're like the first, you've never heard of Mr. Belvedere. That's well, awesome. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've heard it. I've heard the name. I just, uh, yeah, I haven't put it, put it together. I haven't seen the show. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is like 30, yeah, close to 30, well, 25, 30. Wait, what year is this? It's 21. <laughs> if it's the 80s. Yeah, 30, 30 plus years ago. I mean, I'm old. I, I just, you know, <laughs> maybe yeah. I didn't get into Mr. Bob Uecker was uh, on the show. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, I know Bob Uecker. <laughs> so Bob Uecker and, yeah, he's like the dad, and they hire Mr. Belvedere to come in and, like, huh. it's dumb. It's a stupid show. But anyways, the point of this is housekeeping. and That's what we're doing here. Mr. Belvedere is a housekeeper. We want to say thank you to everybody who's been pumping the pod and the live streams lately. Really cool of all of you to do that. I want to say thank you to Mason Dodd. I was recently on the Fantasy Flock Network, which is on YouTube fantasy baseball flock go check it out on youtube i did five videos uh different topics like first rounders to avoid uh late round targets uh relievers that you should target it's short reasonable quick all the videos are like 12 minutes or so so they're not very long uh and it's a cool experience for me so if you would be so kind to support the show then support us and go check out mason dodd's fantasy flock network he's a really nice guy and then, of course, uh, you can watch all of our old live feeds, like the one me and Max are doing right now, on our YouTube channel. So just type in Palazzo Podcast on YouTube. The link is also in our bio on Twitter on our Palazzo Podcast. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Uh, oh, that's the wrong button. Uh, but you can, you can do that and watch these anytime. If you love watching people while they talk and sit in a chair, then... All the live streams are there for you. Vlad Sedler, Triple Play Podcast, the Rotosaurus guys, they're all there. Just go check them out. Sarah Sanchez, take your time and enjoy them if that's what you enjoy. I also put a couple of my songs that I do up there as well. Uh, shout out to Yancey on that because I hadn't done that yet. 
and I owe him because I got to get the rest of the songs up there. So if you like the songs, you think they're funny or entertaining, the rest of those will be on our YouTube channel very soon. So there we go. I think that's it for most of the housekeeping. Thank you for tolerating our silliness and for really supporting the show. You guys have been wonderful. We've seen a big boost in downloads recently, and that's all because of you guys you know, retweeting and sharing with your friends. So thank you so much. Really, really thank you, thank you, thank you. That's why we do this. We get to know people through the show. I would never know Max Freeze. I would never be sitting here right now talking with Max Freeze if this show didn't exist. So that's why these things are cool. You know, That's Max? fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I absolutely agree. And, I, it, you know, I think my internet just went out for a second, and I apologize, and I think I'm going to blame the weather on that one. It is definitely <laughs> weather-related. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, why don't we move into leading off? Today in leading off, it's going to be real simple. We're going to talk about a couple of moves that happened and get Max's thoughts on them. First one is James Paxson. He signed over the weekend back in Seattle, back in the Northwest country. It's a pleasure to have James Paxson back in a Mariner uniform. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this year. Max, what are your expectations for James Paxton now that he's back in the Northwest? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's an interesting landing spot. I don't think it was something I expected. Um, but I think it makes a little bit of sense because they're going to a six-man rotation. So maybe it gives him a little bit more rest. Um, maybe he can kind of build up his velocity. Um, those are my, my concern with him is his velocity because he was sitting – you know, 92, 93 last year when he used to sit 95, 96. So I'm definitely going to be monitoring him going forward in the spring uh, to see if he can ramp that back up. Uh, it's just maybe I, I think his ADP is going to start rocket, skyrocketing up, but I don't think I'm taking him very far inside of 200 overall. Um, you know, just because I think the velo is a huge concern and he's also an injury risk. So, you know, I, I don't like to put too much stock in – pitchers who've got injury histories and velocity issues yeah last year was a real bummer because we were i i actually wrote in our preseason article on rotofanatic.com where everybody chimed in like hey who's your dark horse Cy young winner dark horse mvp winner <laughs> i may or may not have chosen james paxton as uh my guy for Cy young dark horse Cy young though but that did not come close to fruition at all. And the velo was down, and it was just a mess. I remember the first game he pitched was on Sunday Night Baseball, and it was just a disaster, and it was not a good year for him. It was a lost year, and of course it was a goofy year, and we, it's a short sample size. I mean, that's part of the game. I get that in 2020. But and I like him in Seattle now. I'm actually excited about it. And they really loved what they saw in the bullpen session, and they were surprised that they were still able to sign him because they thought somebody else would swoop in for more money. Yeah, I, I was high on him last year too, um, but it, now that he's 32, I just feel like there is that concern that he's never going to get that velocity back, and I think that's extremely important to his success. So, yeah, yeah. I've got my concerns. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, I haven't drafted him anywhere. I'm really okay. not interested. So, uh, it was a one-time deal. I used to be a fan. I really liked his pitch mix. I love his, I love his stuff. It was great when he was like throwing no hitters and he was the big maple. I really liked watching him pitch. He's a unique character on the mound, but yeah, 
Those days may be over. That cool nickname, though. So that's a, yeah. My girlfriend's <laughs> Canadian. I love that. The Big Maple. I'm yes. all for that kind of stuff. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I wonder if she even knows who the Big Maple is. I bet she doesn't. Uh, CJ Crone signed a minor league deal with the Colorado Rockies. Now I think everybody universally is like, "Oh hell yeah, CJ Crone at Coors Field. Let's party." Is that your take on this, Max, or do you have a different view? I mean, there couldn't have been a much better landing spot, right? I mean, for for a home park. I mean, he's he's got to compete with who? Josh Fuentes and Ian Desmond for mm-hmm. first for playing time. So, I mean, you know, maybe you know maybe Desmond comes out hot. I don't know, but I think Kron's got got quite a bit of playing time there. Oh, I did see that Gre- uh, Greg Bird. Is uh is with <laughs> with yeah, the Rockies on God. <laughs> yeah. Greg so, Bird sighting. So, sorry, that was just for a, a laugh out loud. But I think um anyways, <sighs> tantalizing. I think- <laughs> He's tantalizing. We all dreamed of Greg Bird like hitting thirty home runs and batting three hundred. Never gonna happen. Yeah, it was like two thousand fifteen for me. I was all over that. <laughs> yep, injury uh, fest. Yeah, so so Kron, I think he's been pretty pretty good over the last couple of years. He's got 59 homers over his last uh, 1,100 plate appearances or so. So I think, you know, playing in Coors is a huge upgrade. He played in uh, Detroit, which is obviously a, a negative for power. Uh, he's got some, yeah. gets some major Babbitt boost. So, you know, I don't see any concerns with him maybe hitting 270 with 30 bombs. You know, I think he's a very nice pickup. He's obviously going to go, go up, but I think, you know, maybe he settles in around pick 200. Uh, around guys like Jared Walsh and Christian Walker. What do you, what do you well, think about yeah. that? <laughs> Ryan McMahon's in the mix too. I yeah. mean, yeah. Um, Crone, I feel like the Tigers would have brought him back. And I've talked about this on the show last week because, you know, I live in Detroit. I'm a Tigers fan. And I think their medical staff knew better. Like, eh, I don't think this guy is really ready to go yet. And they would know better than anybody else where he was because they would have helped him with his rehab. And they would have had the most inside knowledge of any other team in terms of medicals. And if the knee's not 100%, I mean, it was a it was a tear. It was a real tear for him. I wonder if this is more of just like a low risk. Hey, you know, we would love to see him hit 30 bombs at Coors Field, but... I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough for that to happen. That that would be my big concern. But with CJ Crone, yeah. you're talking about a guy who's way down in 80. It's not like we're paying last year's price where he was up in like the 200s last year because people were excited for him at Comerica. But that's not the case this year. Well, that's a good point about his knee. So, you know, that, you know, if the Tigers really didn't want to sign him because, you know, they're obviously, you know, making some moves and they didn't bring him back. So that's a really good point. Um, yep. I guess the. I guess with McMahon, he should be all in on third base without Arenado there. Um, so hopefully that doesn't cut into any first base playing time, but we'll see. I guess health will be the uh, the concern. For who the bell tolls, no one knows for sure. But I do know this. On the Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, we're talking with Max Freeze. That is that much I know. I know that's happening right now. <laughs> What's going to happen with CJ Crone, James Baxson? Pff, who the hell knows? In fact, later in the show, we're going to talk about new faces in new places and what the impact of that will be. Max Freeze knows his spark factors. He's pretty good at that. So he's going to have some information on that coming up later in the show. Don't you leave. Stay where you are. If you're listening on the pod, thank you. If you're watching live, hey. All right, Max, we're going to do Enrico's Inquisition. Are you ready for this? You think you can hang with this or what's the deal? I mean, I hope so. We'll see. (laughs) Who the hell? No one ever knows until they step inside Enrico's Inquisition. Here we go! 
Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh. <laughs> Van Halen. Not Ooh. a contest. WW84, the movie, or Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer <laughs> has more positive things going for him. He is a good pitcher. Oh, oh, Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> you are now officially inside the ring of Enrico's Inquisition, Max. And first things first, uh, Ali G or Borat? Uh, Borat. Really? <laughs> Ali G's underrated. You know, he's, he's like the where the character. I feel like the whole thing starts with him, and then it branches out to the other characters. So I, I think you're right. I just don't think I ever got into Ali G. I think I was late to the party. So maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe Borat versus uh, Bruno would have been a better comparison. I guess. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, we take a shot in the dark and we see what sticks. That's really what this whole segment is about. Uh, all right. How about this? Uh, Willie Mays or Ken Griffey Jr.? Uh, Willie Mays, but I am a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan. But I gotta go Willie Mays. I think he's, uh, I think he's a little bit better all around than Griffey. Yeah, I guess that's fair. They're both so great. I mean, you're splitting hairs here, but that's, that's what we do. We put we put it to you. We put it to you. Yeah. Uh, would you rather spend a vacation in a cabin? Or would you rather be by the beach? You know, right now by the beach. Uh, <laughs> I think, it, you know, if it was a different time of year, a different year in general, maybe a cabin. But I think right now I'd rather be on the beach. <laughs> okay. Sipping some enough. Mai Tais. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have asked that at the wrong time now. I kind of realized that it's it's cold and it's depressing around here. No doubt about it. A beach, maybe a Mai Tai. Tom <laughs> Collins, even? That sounds pretty good. What do you say? Hey, would you rather have a Tom Collins or a uh, uh, Sex on the Beach? <laughs> I'm going to go with the Sex on the Beach. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever had a Tom Collins. I've had a Sex on the Beach. It was okay. It's a little sweet, though. A little too sweet for me. Well, it depends on what you're talking about, I guess. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm talking about the drink, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Oh, whoops and daisy You caught me off guard. Gotcha! Um, do you, well, speaking of that, uh, do you prefer craft beer or bourbon? Oh, um, I'm going to go craft beer, but I do like my bourbon as well. But I, I think craft beer. I think there's um, a little bit, there's just more options, I think. More options. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it seems to be the comparison in the fantasy baseball realm. It's like, hey, craft beer guy, you in the bourbon, uh, rye, and I just, I don't really do either. I just, I oh yeah, care. I don't care. <laughs> I never. And that, and that's fine. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, SNL from the '90s or SNL from the 2010s? Uh, '90s. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I've been into it that much. My wife and I tried watching it recently, and we just were not that into it. I definitely would say '90s. Oh, okay. Well, you know, the 2010s, the whole decade could, you know, Jason Sudeikis <laughs> was still on the show, Kristen Wiig, some funny people. But sure. Yeah, I don't even know who's on the show right now. I think 
Uh, Pete Davidson, I know who that is, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it recently. <laughs> yeah, I, I should ask you questions I know more about. I would I would say that's a fair prerequisite for this for this segment. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Um, Sean Dunstan or Ryan Sandberg? Ryan Sandberg. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's... Easy one. <laughs> I mean, Dunstan had all the potential, but he just never quite lived up to the hype. And Sandberg was... He was just a stud. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Maybe I should have done Sean Dunstan or Jerome Walton. That would be better. Yeah, that is a good one. I'm going to go Dunstan on that one. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's it's not fair to ask a Cubs guy or, you know, Sandberg or anybody. It's tough. Who can top Sandberg, right? You know, I was a big Andre Dawson fan as a kid. Ah. The so, Hawk. I mean, yeah, the Hawk. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a Cub as long or anything, but I. it's just that time when I was – you know, four or five years old. That was my guy. <laughs> yeah, I love the Hawk, man. He was a great player. He could do it all. He could yep. do it all. <laughs> do you prefer kings or queens? Kings. Great. Uh, <laughs> tables or chairs? Chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta sit. You know, <laughs> yeah, you could stand at a table, I guess, too. There's a lot of people that have those stand-up desks these days. They don't want to sit. There's a revolution going on in office furniture right now. Yeah, that's true. I think I sit too much. So maybe that's maybe I should switch my thinking. Yeah, I guess stand I'm standing for this pot. You're right. I, my back there you go. It's like all bruised in a certain spot all the time. <laughs> this damn chair. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in this chair. I don't know about you in your chair, but I spend a lot of time in it. Yeah, I do. So I think standing is a, it's probably a good idea. It is. Stretch out. Hey, everybody, calisthenics, they matter. Uh, would you rather have Pablo Lopez or S- Sandy Alcantara this year? Pablo Lopez. Give me that changeup. All right. Okay. That's cool. I, I got no beef with either. I, I just like me some Sandy Alcantara. It's close. It is close. And I, I would, I, I'm not checking my rankings right now, but I'd imagine they're within a few spots. Okay. Uh, McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. I suppose. Oh. Have you ever? I suppose. <laughs> have you ever done this? Have you ever had McDonald's French fries and then got Burger King burgers to go with it? That's the ultimate combo right there. So I've, I've never done that, but that's a good idea. I do like that flame broiled or grilled taste or whatever it is at Burger King. <laughs> it is. Yes, their burgers are vastly superior to McDonald's, and in fact, I've done that many a times. There's a Burger King and McDonald's. They're usually always right across the street from each other for some reason. So. It's not that big a deal to go out of your way. But you got to get the burgers first at Burger King because you don't want your fries to be cold. You want to get the fries second. True. It's very important. Trick. Cold fries are, are cold fries are not good. McDonald's yeah. fries are awful if they're cold. But they're so good if they're hot. It's like it's almost like they're not good at all. But if, it was, if it's up to the temp, it makes you wonder if it's real food at all, which we all know it's not anyway. So that's a stupid question. What about this? <laughs> we always ask this once. Uh, curveballs or sliders? Ooh, I like I like a slider because it gets more swings and misses. Yay! That's good. We've had a lot of curveball answers, so it's refreshing <laughs> to get a slider. Do you have a slider you prefer? Is there somebody out there who throws a nasty slider? You know, who I really want to throw a nasty slider is Luis Castillo. If he can, if that becomes another weapon of his, that guy's going to be the number one pitcher. Ooh, so you're saying <laughs> the, the missing ingredient is that slider, huh? Well, he, it's it's 
okay, it's not great. He needs to refine uh, it. And I think yeah. I think if he can do that, then we've got potentially the top starter, one of them. I would love that. I'd be a, be a huge fan of that. Uh, I've been targeting him quite often myself when I can. Maybe he should call Denelson Lamette, see if he can help him out. Well, I wonder. Yeah, well, I don't know about his elbow, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Luis is just built stronger. I really do. He's bigger. Yeah. He's, he's just more durable. He's definitely more durable, at least so far in his career. Yeah, and yeah. he's been around longer than Denelson. So I go. would buy me. I would love. I think we've, we're building like the perfect pitcher here is what we're doing. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in fact, I, I should make that a segment. Let's build the perfect pitcher. I kind of like that idea. That is that is a good idea. <laughs> uh, paper or plastic? Paper. Good man. You can, re- you can recycle it. Good for you. Good. I like to hear that. that is, you're a good person. That means you're a good uh, person. It does, I, so. does, that's all it takes? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I didn't say that. I, that's part of the repertoire. There's uh, a whole profile. Trust me, it takes a while. Good. But, uh, yeah, that's great, man. That's what I like to hear. You're a good right. American. Uh, and finally, Max, I always ask this, for love or money? Ooh, for the love of money. You know that Ooh. song by Bone Thugs? Yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, wow, nice call. Yeah, that's boom, a... Boom, 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 <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm going to have to go with love because if you don't, if you have all the money in the world... But no love, you know, then what's the point? Wow. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Max. Well said, my friend. Well said. By the way, I'm a huge fan of uh, First of the Month. That's a good song, too. That's a great song. Wake up, wake up. The first of the month. Get him, get him, get him. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that whole album kicks ass, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Eternal. It's one of the best albums of the 90s. Not kidding. No, no doubt. Oh, man. Yeah, now I'm in the mood for some bone thugs. They got harmonies. <laughs> they got fast raps. They got it all. They, yeah. they, they were like such a, a triple threat of everything. They were the full. I don't know if they could dance or not. I guess I never saw yeah. them dance. But True. Yeah, I never saw them dance either. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. You survived Enrico's Inquisition. Well done, Max. You've can live to tell the tale thank you that was great <laughs> yeah i didn't think that was pretty painless right not so bad not so bad uh you're listening to the hey it's rico palazzo fantasy baseball podcast part of the roto fanatic podcast network don't forget roto fanatics got rankings my rankings are up there if you want to take a look at them i'd love for you to give me some feedback on what i'm doing wrong always welcome criticism i do i'm not afraid of it bring it on i say and you can check out dave funnels the week that was it tells you everything that happened last week but it also gives you some details that you need to know. Like, you know, not just the surface information, but stats related to the players that we're talking about and the news of note. There it is. Also, follow the show, Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Thank you very much. And we love talking fantasy baseball with Max Freeze. Now we're going to go even deeper into this subject, take it next level. We are going to dive into the fantasy breakdown, and this is the part of the show where we talk more about fantasy baseball. Yes, it's really redundant and simple. First segment up in this section of the show is 2019 or 2020. Now, this is confusing for some people because 2020 was a season that was just... It's messing everybody up. So now that we're doing analysis for 2021, Max, we don't really know what to do. I mean, what are we supposed to do right now? How are we supposed to 
incorporate what happened last year and apply it to the future since we've never had an experience like we had last year before. Throw our hands up. <laughs> no, it, it is. <laughs> it's quite a challenge. <laughs> Have you heard this dumb song, by the way? This is me singing. It's really stupid. It's all about 2020. Worst time ever to start in this business. Sing cross back on the floor. 2019 to 2020. Yeah, that's great. I think it just goes on from there. So. Anyways, yeah, so... <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of it, and I keep that might be asking, better. That might be better than <laughs> that might be better than the original. I gotta say, 2020's just got me flummoxed, and we're trying to make the best sense of it as we can. We all know that 2020 was a messed up year. It was a short season. That's our short season siren. And if you're not familiar, so what are we supposed to do? Uh, let's take a look at some guys and try to decipher what we're looking for. Why don't you give us a player who you're going to take their 2019 or their 2020, and it could be for better or for worse. Uh, you could put any spin you want to on it, Max. Yeah, I think Yon Moncada is someone I'm kind of giving a pass to. Uh, and so I'm kind of trusting his 2019 numbers. I mean, he came out, he was vocal that he had COVID, that it was clearly affecting him. Um, I don't trust any of his stat cast metrics. Everything just seemed off. Um, so I, I feel like he deserves a pass. He was clearly ascending in 2019, made some major strides in contact, uh, hard contact rate, all that stuff. He was absolutely crushing in 2019. Um, 2020 was just a blip on the radar. I think we're looking at maybe not a perennial MVP, but we're looking at a, a star player in the future. And I think uh, Moncada is, is at a nice discount right now. So I trust his 2019. Yeah, dude, I am 1,000% in on what you're saying there. Give me Mankata all day. I don't know if people have been paying attention to when they draft with me, but I always, always, <laughs> always am targeting him, always. Because <laughs> I would rather have, I would rather take him where he's at. He's down in the 70s and the 80s, ADP. I'm, we're using, uh, for this show, we use NFBC ADP since February 1st, so to give you a kind of a parameters of what we're using if you want to follow along on the show. And right now, Makata's at 86. Man. Yeah, I'm going to take that note uh, when we draft together in Glarf, uh, just so you know. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> what am I doing? You're right. I'm such a, well, this is, the, this is the price you pay for doing public analysis, you know. I'll have to live with yeah. that. But well, well, you, know I, you what love I... Makata. I love Makata. We'll see who gets them. So. We'll see. I do think the fantasy community is, you know, with how bad he was last year, I think they are, for the most part, giving him a pass. I mean, I think he was in the 60s or so last year, so he's he discounted. He was a little higher. Yeah, but he's not significantly discounted. So I still think there's some you know, believers in there, including you and myself. <laughs> okay, I can roll with that. I can, I can live with it. That's mm. fine. Uh, for me, a guy I'm passing on 2020 and just focusing on what I saw in 2019 for the better is Shohei Otani. And not not the pitcher. Not the pitcher. This is just the hitter. So don't even come at me with like, well, you said Shohei Otani's going to be a good pitcher. No, I never said that. <laughs> I said hitting only. Hitting only. I love what he brings to the table. And 
I I just think he's undervalued. I think this is a guy who can hit 30 home runs and steal you 20 bases, 20 bases. That's all available to him. He he stole seven or eight, seven bases last year in his garbage season. That was a mess. The pitching screwed with his mind. But in 2018 and 2019, he had double-digit steals. He 10 in 2018, 12 in 2019. Uh, he can run for a bigger guy than he is. You know, he's 6'4", 220-ish. He's a big dude, but he can move. And I like the skill set. Power, speed. Average, I don't know if we'll ever expect a you know a 300 plus batting average from him, but OBP leagues, he's got a great eye, and his walk percentage will tick up. I feel very confident in that. He's had a double digit walk percentage in 2018 and 114 games, 367 plate appearances. So this is a guy who can produce for you, and right now he's just being devalued. And I think part of his pitching, even though he didn't hit for Jack Squat last year, he hit 190 with a a bab up of 229, which the other two years he was 350 and 354. So I think this is a guy that you should be targeting as a hitter. And the pitching negativity is kind of like also being dumped on him and bringing down his value. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I've always liked... I have jumped... My back? You're here. You're always here. I'm right. Yeah, so... I, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Uh, yeah, so I love Otani. I, I, <laughs> I feel like he... He really, yeah, I mean, it was a lost season. I, I feel like this is probably his last chance to pitch, and if it fails, he's just going to be a full-time hitter. And uh, the Angel Stadium plays really well, uh, favorable for him. It's a lot of balls to center field, a lot of fly balls to center, and that's uh, rates very high. I think it's number two in the league in my home run park factors. So um, he's definitely a guy who's got the power to hit 30 homers and speed to steal 15-plus bases. So that's in a full season. I have, obviously, they're giving him a chance to pitch again. But, yeah, I absolutely I absolutely love Otani. Yes, and it counts. That makes me feel good to have your support on that. You know, I don't ask for it. You can challenge me, and I will challenge you if I disagree. But it's nice that we can agree on that because Otani is kind of like a, I don't know, he's like a diamond in the rough now. He's not the, he's not the stud that he was when he came on the scene and everybody wanted him and people were inflating his draft value incredibly so those days are over uh you got anybody else uh you prefer 2020 or 2019 uh, um so i this is uh it's a little bit of a cop-out but i i think what we saw from kyle tucker in 2020 is real he didn't really get much of a sample before that so it's kind of cheating but i think this is the real kyle tucker um and he's being drafted i mean he's <laughs> he's being drafted extremely high but um he was only 23 you know, he's a top tier prospect. He's got, you know, natural power, speed. Um, he's going to be hitting in the middle of that Houston lineup, which is still very good even without Springer. So, you know, I, I still think he's got maybe not 30-30 upside, but it's it's close. He's got 13 homers and 13 steals in, in the last 300 plate appearances. So, uh, again, you can't just extrapolate that out, but he's certainly got that uh, combination of power and speed without uh, significant strikeout rate. So I'm trusting what I'm seeing from Kyle Tucker, and I like him going forward. Oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, real quick, I'll show you Tani. His sprint speed still went round. It's in the top percentiles of baseball. This guy can move for his size, so don't just think it's a fluke with the steals. Uh, but for Tucker, yeah, let's do it. I mean, <laughs> the wheels are the training wheels are off now, right? That's right. Full-time playing 
uh, full-time playing. There's, I mean, they got Springer out of there. He's got a, I mean, there's no more Josh Reddick <laughs> somehow keeping him from Ugh. playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, yeah. I know people were frustrated for a couple of years, but the party is now officially on in Houston and Dusty Baker is going to drive him into the ground. And the only question is, do you have any concerns about where he'll bat in the order? Or is that not important to you? Oh, it's important. Um, I think he's good enough to hit in the top four of that lineup. Um, I know he's, I know in roster resource, he's, I think, slated a bat sixth or so, but I'm just not trusting that. I think I'm just going to trust the talent. And um, we got Altuve, Bregman, Brantley. Those guys are all pretty good players. Yes. Uh, Correa. Yes. I don't, I don't know. Cray is a mess sometimes. I don't know what to expect I, from him necessarily. Tucker could slot in the number four spot, I think. We'll Ooh, see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this is why we do these shows. We want you to put your money where your mouth is, and I would love, and I know a lot of Tucker owners would be huge fans if he could get higher in the order, but it's going to be a little bit of a choice. It's just, it's Dusty Baker, he likes his veterans, and he wants to trust in these guys. They've all been there through playoff runs, World Series titles, and cheating you know, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. They've been through a lot so, of things together. <laughs> yeah, they really have. So there's a bond there. But you're right. We'll, he's definitely going to play. Just a matter of where will he be. And I'm going to keep an eye on that. I think plate appearances would impact my decision to draft him where he's going, which is like 30, around 30, 33, 35 right now. ADP currently is 31 on NFBC.com. So, by the way, I don't know why this keeps coming up. Every time I'm looking at the ADP, and the the <laughs> slot on the right has the min max, right? And then right. it shows the number of times he's been picked, uh, and that's forty five. But earlier, when I was doing a show with Steve Paulo, the same guy, the same team keeps popping up on the last team to draft him is the team that you see, and that is a uh, dick in the box. So. <laughs> I don't know why that keeps popping up, but he's he loves Kyle Tucker and also Walker Bueller. He was the last to draft Walker Bueller as well. Oh, and the last to draft Tay, Trey Turner. So Dick, Dick in the box. That's a nice start there. Uh, Trey Turner, Kyle Tucker, uh, Walker Bueller. What do you think of that? Um, I mean that's a that's a pretty good looking team. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I think the the name of the team has really got me going, but uh, it's kind yeah. of clouded yeah. my judgment a little bit. But uh, hey, I don't whoever mi- Dick I don't in the box is, start. yeah, well done. Keep it up. Good work you're doing out there on NFBC. I love how they list the team names. That's really funny. Okay, so yeah, there we go. A little 2019 or 2020. We played the game. We checked it out. We gave us some thoughts. Uh, was there anybody else that you wanted to mention? Or are we good? I think we're I think we're good. Okay, he, he says we're good. Cool. <laughs> Play the song. Don't forget that the Plaza Podcast is part of the Rotor Fanatic Podcast Network, which also includes Matt Williams and the Turn Two Podcast. Check that out. Usually, new episodes come out every Tuesday. Matt is working on some preseason stuff right now. Check it out. It's a great pod. Rate it five stars. You can also rate us five stars on Apple Podcast. So, if you would be so kind, we would be very grateful for that because it helps grow the show, and expand our reach to connect with new people. Thank you! Alright, that's 2019 or 2020. Now, it's time for New Faces in New Places. And I don't have a song for this. Uh, I'm sorry, I just can't keep pumping out the content constantly for all these segments. I apologize for letting everyone down. It's just called New Faces in New Places, and that's what it is. Max Freeze. 
The first name you have on the list is Nolan Arenado, who is now a part of the St. Louis Cardinals franchise playing at Bush Stadium. Bush. <laughs> what do you think of Arenado at Bush? I saw your tweets that I bookmarked because oh. I love bookmarking your tweets. You, you have a lot of good ones. You posted back on January 29th. The move to St. Louis is a clear downgrade for Arenado's numbers. But how much? From a top five park from home runs to a bottom five. That doesn't sound very good. Yeah, I'm fading Arenado. Um, not that he's just a um, product of Coors. He's a very good hitter. Um, obviously, perennial power hitter. Um, but I just don't like the move from Colorado to Bush Stadium. He doesn't have elite power metrics. It's far too many pop-ups. Um, I just think his his profile with the heavy fly ball approach isn't going to play as well in Bush Stadium. I just, it, you know, I mentioned it in the tweet. It's just not a favorable park for home runs, and he's not a guy that absolutely blasts them. I think if you're looking at, like, average fly ball distance, it's a little bit um, – it's not all that accurate because he's playing in Coors, so those balls are obviously going to be traveling further. So if you're looking at average fly ball distance, he'll show up on near the top of the list, but so will a bunch of other Rockies. So I think – while there's a, a downgrade in power, I think the biggest downgrade is probably to his batting average. Uh, Coors Field uh, inflates Babbitt more than any other park, and uh, St. Louis is relatively uh, average in terms of Babbitt. So, um, you know, if he, he's certainly not going to be a 300 hitter, in my opinion, uh, down to maybe 270-ish. So, um, you know, 270 with 30 home runs, that's not exactly, you know, first three rounds, uh, top three pick in, in the first three rounds. So. That's my, those are my thoughts. <laughs> what would you say to people who say, well, DJ LeMay, who left cores and he's kicking ass and those types of responses. I mean, yeah. that's a fluke. First off, Yankee stadium is a different park entirely, right? Yeah. Yankee stadium. So left, uh, right field is one of, is the most favorable park for home runs in the league at Yankee stadium. And LeMay, who hits a ton of opposite field fly balls. He doesn't hit a lot of fly balls, but the ones he hits go to the opposite field. So he, he absolutely is a huge Oppo taco. That. <laughs> That's right. So there's, they're totally different players. Um, I kind of compare him a little bit to Matt holiday when he left Coors and went to St. Louis um, saw maybe a 20 point drop or so in batting average. They're both very good hitters, high contact, high power. Um, and while holiday was still a very good player in St. Louis, he just was not the same caliber of hitter. He was not a 320 type hitter in uh uh, in St. Louis. Okay. Well said. Do you, uh, you know, who Crosby Spencer is. Yes, I do. Hey, all right. He's our <laughs> park factors guy at Roto fanatic. Yeah. And he's, so he's his good. own park factors. He, good. Hey, Crosby, did you hear that? <laughs> Max free said you're good. I like that. Let's book that. Let's mark that down. <laughs> so let it be written. So let it be done. Yeah. His park factors, uh, agree with you on Bush stadium. It's just not a, it's not a great place to hit all the time. It's a pitcher's park based on what he's concluded. And I just not be wanting Arenado at all. I think we've covered this on the show before, but don't give me any Arenado shares. If he falls to like uh, 55, 60, maybe I'll consider it, but I still rather have Yohan Mankata. There you go. See? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just, I keep giving away my uh, draft strategy to Max, but. Yeah, 
That's what we're doing here. All know. right, next guy, Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Trevor Bauer. I'm, I'm keeping now. notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you write it all down. I mean, this is recorded, so you can go back and listen to this at any time you want to. It's in perpetuity, as they say. Trevor Bauer is an LA Dodger now. It's pretty exciting. Uh, he has high expectations of himself, and a lot of people love to pump the buzz that he's going to be this innings pitch stud that is beyond all others because he can throw every four days if he wanted to and still produce that 3.7 ERA. So <laughs> what's your take here on Mr. Bauer now? And he's in Chavez Ravine, which generally it is a hitter's park. It, I don't think there's any doubt about it anymore. Yeah, it is. It, it is favorable to hitters. Um, and I also don't think he's going to pitch every, every four days. Um, yeah. There's, there's too much talent. There's too many pitchers uh, in LA and I just, I don't see it happening. So um, the thing is, is he going to be able to spin it like he did last year or not? You know, we'll see. <laughs> um, and I think we're going to have to regress his BABIP quite a bit. He had extremely high strand rates. Um, you know, I don't think he's as bad as he was um, in 2019, but he's he's just not going to be what he was in 2020. I think regressing him somewhere in the mid to high threes ERAs, uh, it high high threes ERA and a ton of K's. I mean, the strikeouts would be there, but um, I'm just not going to be drafting him in the top five or six overall. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Problem is, when you bring up Trevor Bauer, people automatically think of his personality, and it's just so complex. We want to keep that out of the loop here. I mean, he's an asshole at times, sure. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. We have the data to support that if you will but what he'll do at dodger stadium i don't think it's much different than what he would do anywhere else i don't think the park plays into it as much as he's just going to be the same guy he always is and i have no interest in trevor bauer this year i last year i went head to head with my rotofanatic partner matt williams and i said who's gonna have the better season tyler glass now or trevor bauer and we did a dollar bet and we used the rasball player raider as our barometer and Bauer blew glass now out of the water. But this year, I don't want anything to do with him. So this is classic case of a guy rises up. He's inflated now. I don't want anything to do with it. I like guys that are down more that I can pick up off questionable seasons despite having great talent. That's why the 2019 or 2020 bid is perfect. Most of the guys that you would pick or I would pick, I would probably be taking them in drafts because I believe in them. Absolutely. I agree with you. It's not science, but I just like guys that come off down seasons that have talent, and that's it. That's all there is to it. You can draft well doing that. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, you're right. You know you can. You know you can. Uh, George Springer is now a Blue Jay. He's up in Canada, although they will not be playing in Canada. By the way, with George Springer, we're going to talk about, does the fact that you don't know where they're going to be playing, does that impact anything you have to say about him? Um, A little bit. I, uh, you know, I wish I, I knew where they were playing, but um, the, the park factors that I have don't really show Roger stadium as extremely favorable. It's, it's a plus park for hitters, but it's not uh, on the extreme end. So as long as uh, wherever they're playing, isn't uh, extremely pitcher friendly, I don't think it's going to affect him that much. Minute made was relatively neutral. Um, so there's not a big change for the projections that I have for him, but he's, I mean, I think he's in a great spot. I think the Blue Jays lineup is is about to to blow up. I mean, the so so much young talent, and I think he just kind of brings that everything together, that veteran presence. So, 
I'm really excited to see what he can do next year or this year. We're we're already in 2021, right? That um, is correct. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, you're I mean, correct, sir. I, I just I, I remember Springer as a, a high strikeout guy uh, back in the minors and when he first was called up, and now he's his strikeout rates are well below average. He struck out only 17% of the time last year. So I, I really I really think he can not only hit for power but hit for average. Not you know uh, 300 plus, but I think we're talking you know 280 or so. Hmm. 280 or so. Wow, that's healthy. You want to put 100 bucks on it? <laughs> wow. Uh, let me check my projections first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell um, you what my projection is, and then we can uh, when we can start throwing the money around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, George Springer in a. I cannot wait to see George Springer in those Blue Jay uniforms, which I love. I love those Blue Jay uniforms. They're the best. I love the bird. I love the blue. They're just so the powder blue. Yeah, I love them. They're great. They remind me of my youth when the Tigers yeah. used to play the Blue Jays, and they were AL East rivals, which was a thing. So <laughs> it was. Oh, I know. La- last one, Liam Hendricks. He is Liam now. Hendricks. Chicago White Sox. Are you excited about Liam Hendricks in Chicago on the South Side, not for the North Siders? Uh, no, I'm not excited because uh, the White Sox are doing everything and the Cubs are doing nothing. So. There's that. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, no, but for Hendricks, um, yeah, he's kind of transformed himself into a pretty elite pitcher. So, um, I mean, he's clearly got the closer job. Colome's out uh, out of town now in Minnesota. Um, I don't think. Well, bummer. Time. That's a bummer, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bummer for bummer. Yes, it is. Yeah. Double bummer. Yes. So, you know, there's, there's really no competition. Um, I think he's a top three closer. I don't. I don't know if there's a whole lot. Uh, maybe you have a lot more to add, but I think I think he's pretty cut and dry at this point. He's pretty elite. <laughs> so he is who he is. Is what you're saying? Yeah, he's kind of proven it the last couple of years. That's what everybody says. That I slept on him last year. I didn't have any interest, but he was one of the better closers in baseball. Again, you know, it was a short season, so it's not like he was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> short season, but. In full seasons, Liam Hendricks can also provide you with excellent return. He just has a lot of experience now that he can apply. Being age 32, this is like his last run, maybe like, like trying to be one of the elite closers on a great team, which the White Sox are certainly primed to do. K-9 is it's classic. It's rock solid. You know, it's 13. He's going to strike guys out, keeps the walks down, although the walks were up the last couple of years in longer sample sizes. Um, walk per nine of three, three, two, three, three, seven, five in 2017 and 18. And then he went down to two, two in 2019. Um, I think the walks were a problem prevented him from being a closer, but if that's the past now and the walks continue to stay low and aren't a problem for him, then yeah, why not? Let's roll with it. Yeah. I think he's, well, his, he's always had decent zone rates, but he's gotten guys to chase a lot more the last couple of years. So, you know, I think I think he'll be fine. Uh, he's got he's got the pretty close to elite velocity uh, and elite swing and miss stuff. Nineteen percent swinging strike rate last year in the short season, and seventeen uh, in the full season before. So, I've heard yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about the new park, though? Um, 
gosh, you know, the sample sizes usually are pretty small with, with relievers. It's hard to really gauge. Um, I mean, half their games are on the road. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Half the season, half the games on the road, they don't have pitching a ton of innings. Um, I'm not too concerned about, about the park for him. Big difference between Oakland and guaranteed rate field though, right? Yeah, and a lot less foul ground too, and a lot oh, more homer. Oh yes, that's so what the, I mean. You're saying the .36 home run per nine is not gonna gonna stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got yeah. you got a point. You got a point. <laughs> so we'll see. Look, yeah. I I don't like to pay for saves. You know, I'm like everybody else in the business. Nobody wants to pay for saves, but yet somebody's drafting Liam Hendricks this high. So if you want to mm-hmm. do it, be my guest. It's just not gonna be me. I just don't trust guys. That high as closers. Closers too weird of a job, man. Weird yeah. things happen, and I could be, you know, I could eat crow on this later and be like, "Hey, you fool! You don't know what you're talking about." And you're gonna learn the hard way, and maybe I will because I'm drafting Kevin Ginkle in like the 600, you know, pick. But yeah, yeah, I I can't pull the trigger early either. But I'm in, I'm looking here. Uh, Araldis Chapman was picked as a low of 123 this past two weeks. That that I can get behind. <laughs> yes yes i would love to be i bet i bet those were not very high stake situations i, I, I just have a so. feeling i have a I have an inkling that's probably yeah, the truth. you may be right hey you may be right <laughs> i may be crazy but i just may be the lunatic you're looking for all right there it is we covered new faces and new places which currently does not have a song i apologize uh, we'll come up with something jingly in the future this is the Hans Rico Plazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. You are listening to the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. We are part of that. Check out rotofanatic.com, the data monster. Get all the data that you can handle on all of the players you're targeting in your 2021 drafts. It'll it'll spit it all out right back to you. Have you checked out the data monster yet, Max? I have. It's fantastic. And I want to visit it more because it's really good stuff. And I just uh yeah, I've got to get back. Uh, I've got to get back on there, and um, just need to get more time in the day. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough time. You sound like Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell. There's never enough time. <laughs> yes, and very whiny like that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope you're not addicted to speed trying to stay up. That's the most important thing I take away from this. Is it's important to get your sleep regardless, and just you know do what you can with the 24 hours you're given each day. That's my message to all of you out there but yes cool i'm so glad you checked out the data monster and that makes me feel good that that'll make the guys at rota fanatic very happy which i am one of those guys but the rest of the crew will be jumping for joy that max freeze gives it his seal of approval thank you max oh you're welcome absolutely good stuff yeah and if you want to have good stuff then get your asses over there and check it out yourselves don't miss out act now this is the next segment of the show and it's where we Talk to Max about his fantasy foundation. This is a long series. It goes back to Chris Towers on the first show of the year. We've been getting as many people to share, as much as they're willing to share, feedback on fantasy process and how they look at things. So Max is now the target of our focus. And Max, the first question is the same question we always ask in this segment. What is the first thing you do when you sit down for a brand new year of draft preparation? Well, the first thing I do is I start with uh, deep dives into players. And it usually, in recent years, it starts actually during the previous year's playoffs. Regular season's over, and I start looking at some players that 
I find interesting, whether it's breakout guys, players who have completely fallen on their face, try to find out reasons why. So I do some deep dives. And with that, I start formulating projections for players. So that's kind of how it starts. Uh, Once I kind of run out of those players, I just start kind of sorting the rankings generally and then start projecting players that way. So I kind of run my own projections manually. It's pretty time consuming and I haven't gotten quite, I haven't done quite as many as I used to. I used to get about 350 to 400 players that I would project a little bit behind this year, but uh, you know, it helps me kind of learn the player pool and it kind of helps me learn, you know, what the, what changes a player may have had, whether it's mechanical uh, or whatever. And so that way I can, you know, kind of maybe have a leg up on kind of the, the major projection systems, having some insider information, if you will, uh, into my player projections. So that's kind of how I start my draft prep. Um, and then from there, it just kind of gets tweaked. And then, you know, as news comes out throughout the off season. News. So what happens when news comes out? You just make the modifications as it comes to you? Yeah, as players sign uh, different places, whether, you know, what teams they're on, where I think they're going to slot in the lineup. Uh, you know, I, I include my park factors to try and determine, uh, you know, home run numbers, things like that. Um, so so those things kind of change. You know, any news that regarding injuries kind of knock guys down quite a bit, um, especially pitchers with uh, arm injuries. But those are the most difficult to project anyway. So um, that's that's kind of how I get, get going. Um, for the for the coming for the upcoming season. Beautiful. This is Max Freeze giving us some insight on how he does things. Do you have a hardware or software that you use? Not hardware. It's probably not the hardware would probably be a computer, I would assume. But soft <laughs> do you use like a certain software or anything that uh, you could share with people that you recommend? Um yeah, it's called Google Sheets. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm not, I'm not tech savvy enough. Uh, I kind of use, I make, create my own spreadsheets and just kind of create formulas in there and go from there. I'm not, uh, I do not, I do not write code. I do not, uh, know R. So I'm not, so unfortunately I, I do it the long method, if you will. <laughs> That's just fine. We just like to know it's no, no trouble at all, Max. Uh, how about, Eh, I'll come back to that one. Let's ask this. So how did free stats, your website come about? You just kind of built what you had in front of you that you were already doing and then applied it to this website. Yeah, it's my obsession with fantasy baseball just kept creeping up earlier and earlier every year. It used to be like a February prep or a January prep. And then once it got to like November, um, I just kind of started doing, deep dives into, you know, players like Tanaka and Simeon and kind of saying, these guys look like sleepers to me. This is back in like 2017. Um, I just was getting bored and decided starting, starting right now during the playoffs, I want to start researching fantasy baseball for next year, uh, try to get an edge. And I was writing down my thoughts. And once I had several, you know, deep dives on players, uh, player profiles, I just started up a website and, throw them on there and kind of started doing rankings and projections and uh, different research projects that, that I was doing. So that's, it just kind of, that's just, just kind of naturally started. Just write my, write my thoughts down um, and then publish them and see if I could help someone else with them. So Fantastic. Well done. Look at you. And uh, you clearly connected with people and you taught people things. You gave insights that other people had not necessarily found. And that's got to feel pretty good, doesn't it? 
Yeah, well, I, yeah, I hope it's helped some people. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's not always right, but uh, I figure, you know, if if I believe that it's that it's my research is is good and and I trust it, I'm going to put it, publish it, and and hopefully it, it's correct and and it does help people. So that's that's the the gist of it, I guess. It's a good gist. Do you <laughs> want to share? with us somebody that we should know about in fantasy baseball that's doing good work that maybe we're not familiar with sure um so i i was looking looking through i wanted to find someone who was under a thousand followers who deserves some more credit and i uh at torres takes on twitter uh, i oh, believe he, yeah. he writes for rasball he's putting out a ton of good content right now so um i believe he's under a thousand and he should be well over that number so definitely Give at Torres takes a follow. Hell yes, that is a great call. I really like what he does. He he was on the Rob DiPietro's podcast, the the pole hitter pod, I believe, uh, about a month or so ago. It was just one of his rare debuts, and that's a great call. That's a great pick. Hey, at Torres takes <laughs> is out there. Follow him on Twitter at Torres T O R R E S takes T A K E S. Cool. Yeah, maybe we'll have him on the show soon. That's a good idea. See, you just nailed that question. Well oh. done, sir. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that was well, like, that's what we're looking for. That's exactly, exactly what we want from that question. And now, hopefully, more people will go follow him. Give him a, give him a follow. Yeah, go absolutely. check out his work at Razzball. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. Yeah, great stuff. Nice work. Uh, mock drafts. Do they help? Or do you don't really care to do them? I I will do them. Um, I think it gives you an idea of you know what types of strategies you can you can use. Um, you know, try to start. You can kind of play with different different picks if you're kind of going away from what you typically do and see how your team ends up. You know, and if you if you like that, maybe that's something you can kind of try going forward. But um, otherwise, you know, I, I don't spend a ton of time doing mocks. Uh, I do a few of them just to kind of, like I said, just, just kind of get an idea of how I can build a team and, and what I can do differently. Yeah, we're doing a mock draft right now. Roto Fanatic, if you want to follow along at rotofanatic.com or our Twitter page, which is at roto underscore fanatic. Uh, we're in round five. This is the fifth or sixth one. We started in October. We've done one mock draft every month. And now that I've drafted a bunch of real teams, though, it just doesn't have the same feel. I gotta, I gotta be honest. And yeah, it, it is, it is nice to do them really early. But once you start drafting real teams, you're right. It is, it is kind of like, well, I'm not going to keep this team, even if you like it. <laughs> right, and I don't feel the stakes. They're just never going to be the same amount of stakes in a mock draft that there is for a live draft with cash involved. And you're going to feel that intensity like, Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, like a <laughs> cut line I did on Saturday with Vlad Sedler that, and, and the siege that was intense. Nice. Was 55 second clock and whoo, man, it was just yeah, was really that, intense. I don't, I don't make you sweat. It did. It did. And I learned a lot. <laughs> I love best ball too. So I'm all for the cut line format on NFBC.com. If you're interested uh, yeah. Send us a message. Plausible Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. And I'll tell you all about it. I'm happy to share some information. Okay, what else can we ask Max about his fantasy foundation? How do you make decisions? Kind of cover this, I guess, but with the 2021 season being unprecedented with the previous season that it follows, 
How are you going to deal with the starting pitching and the innings pitch limitations and concerns in your analysis? Well, I'm, it's going to be really hard to project innings. So I'm kind of relying a little bit more on veteran pitchers who have done it before. Uh, I think teams are going to trust their veterans to go deeper into games, compile innings. Um, so, you know, taking that risk on that young pitcher might not, 2021 might not be the year to do it. Um, so I've also started looking at more uh, injury history of pitchers, you know, arm injuries, anything that that's happened in the past, like you Darvish is someone I'm fading because he's got so many injuries in the past with mm-hmm. after it, And you're buying high again on, on a 34 year old uh, on a short season, a career season. I just don't see him lasting a full year. Um, so I guess, you know, that's, those are some of the things that I'm factoring in, you know, Jeff Zimmerman does some good research and so does Derek Rhodes on, on injuries. And so I'm kind of looking at their, their research that they've done and kind of putting it into my rankings and my analysis. Beautiful. I find every time I ask that question, people are deferring to other people, even people that are known for their own projections or for being really good fantasy baseball players. There's a lot of people deferring on this to others because people don't know what to do. And I think that's also happening in the front offices of major league teams around baseball. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, I mean, it's unprecedented, like you said. So I just think it's, it's going to be tough. I, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. not, like Milwaukee Brewers are kind of saying no one's going to throw over 160, I think, or 170. Um, you know, and yes. a lot, a lot of six man rotations, Seattle, LA, um, the, the angels, of course. Um, so, I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen. There may be some other teams that come out. So it is going to throw off projections. Um, it's just, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a weird year. That's for sure. So if I understand what you said though, you're buying into the guys who could be more horses than the other types of pitchers. Yeah. I, you know, I don't see, you know, Trevor Bauer and I know we just talked about him, but you know, I don't see him. Oh God. <laughs> right. I mean, he's a, he's a great example of it because he can go deep into games. Uh, he obviously monitors his body really well and he's been healthy. So, you know, he's a guy that, that is a good example where I would trust him over you Darvish, uh, even though I'm fading Bauer a little bit compared to his ADP. So we're in the unfortunate situation of kind of prioritizing innings pitched over actual stats. A little bit to a certain extent. Um, you know, am I going to take 200 innings of a four and a half ERA and a 135 whip? Probably not <laughs> over a guy who throws 150 with very good ratios. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, it, it's weighing. That's where I think you can kind of um, use uh, standard gains points, which is kind of valuing each statistic uh, and seeing, you know, how those, you know, adding up all the values of the five um, stats for fantasy and see how uh, see how they stack up against other pitchers or other totals. So, you know, that's kind of like an auction value, like a dollar value if you're doing one of those drafts. Um, so I use that as well. And so that's going to help me kind of evaluate. I'll use an innings pick, pitch projection just based on the knowledge I have, which is going to be difficult, especially this year. But um, if I feel co- confident in that innings pitch projection – I feel confident in my overall projection, and then I can calculate 
you know, a player's auction value after that. Already, we're talking with Max Freeze. We're getting inside his noggin, telling us about things he thinks about when he thinks about fantasy baseball. We could ask him what he thinks about when he thinks about other things besides fantasy baseball, but that's not what the show's about. It's about fantasy baseball, so we'll just stick to that. <sighs> Value of projection systems to you. I, I think for me, I can I like to use those projection systems to kind of find values and differences in my projections. So if I like a guy more than the projections say, then that's some that's someone I definitely should target. But it also makes me maybe take a second look at that player and see if there's something I'm missing. Um, so there's a is that that I think I use projections. Um, I usually take, take a look at the bad and ATC. Those are my two favorites. Um, but again, I, I like to try to find values because I know a lot of people do use projections and draft off of them as well. Yeah, we've had the projections talk on here. I just don't use them for myself. I use stomper projections in our Shine to Ride the Pine segment, which is a hallmark of this show. And I love doing that segment. It's tons of fun. But I don't use projections in my own formation and analysis of what I plan to do in drafts. I just don't because I know what to expect. I have lived life long enough to know what baseball players do. So I don't know. It's, it's like an experiential learned knowledge that I feel comfortable with. And other people don't always agree with that, but that is my stance. Max, I must ask you, what is the value of spin rates? Like, do you put a lot of stock in spin rates when you're like analyzing pitching? I, Personally, I, I do not. Um, so where I where I like to use them is kind of in season. If I see a jump from previous seasons, it might be something that's actionable. Maybe take a look at that guy a little deeper, and maybe it's worth something uh, if he's increased his spin rate quite a bit. So I don't. In terms of evaluating in the off season, I'm not sure how spin rates carry from one season to the next. So I don't usually use them in evaluating pitchers. There it is. I often wonder that, and people love talking about spin rates a lot. I feel maybe that's more of a part of the game of baseball in terms of, like, scouting and focusing, which can be applied for fantasy baseball purposes, but I think sometimes it gets a little bit overplayed. And it could be a reason why a guy like Trevor Bauer became the guy he was last year, too, and then that can lead to questions about cheating. And <laughs> it, it has its place, but... It has its place in a lot of other topics of the game that I think we're not... Fo we're focusing on fantasy baseball here. So if you want to have reasonings and explanations for why somebody did something, I think spin rates have their place there. But otherwise, uh, I'm not going to dive into hours and hours of minutia on spin rates. <laughs> not me. Um, what about... Uh, what is your use, if any, for ADP? That's a good question. ADP, how do you use it? Do you use it? Does it matter? I reference it um, to kind of. I, I don't rank. I put. I don't rank off of it or draft off of it, but I do reference it when I kind of am looking at my rankings and am getting ready for a draft. So, really, I kind of look at the the mins, the min pick for players, and and not the ADP. Um, oftentimes I'll find players I like are gone before the, before their ADP. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's kind of where I use ADP. It's not, you know, anything that's, I'm not drafting off of, of ADP. How about you? Um, uh, I'll admit that ADP gets up in my face 
<laughs> really gets in my face, Max. But I try to make my own calls based on how I have players ranked, and I stick to that. But the fact that ADP is always in every draft room, even if you try to ignore it, they it's there. It's in your face. And if everybody says it's not impacting their decisions, even if it's not directly impacting draft choices, there is <laughs> always that bit of influence that ADP will have on your brain and on your draft choices. I, I know well, that's true because I've been there. Yeah, well, I think I think you're right there. I think especially early on, it helps. You know, you can kind of map out your first two or three picks based on ADP because typically those picks aren't going to change significantly. When you get later on in the draft, ADP doesn't matter as much, uh, I feel like. So um, you're, I mean, especially early on, you, you should be aware of ADP when you're drafting. So I, I'm with you there. Wahoo! I'm glad we're together on this, Max. Together forever and ever. You like, uh, uh, what's his name? Rick? Oh, man. Um, did, oh, the Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Astley. Rick Astley, thank you so much. I can't believe I spaced out on his name. That would never happen to me normally. I've, you can tell I'm oh, exhausted today. Woo, man, that's yeah, it's a been sad a long, day. It's been a long day. It's a Monday, you know. It's fun. It's a holiday, though. So. Oh, for some. <laughs> ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Oh, boy. You said it. You said it, Max. Well said. Uh, let's wrap this up. A couple more quick ones. Um Barrels, launch angle, exit velocity. Is it worth going deeper to dissect all of this stuff? Why or why not? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely dive into these metrics a lot. Um, I use all of them uh, in my earned home run metrics that I mentioned earlier in the show. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that, I mean, my earned home run metrics do correlate uh pretty decently year to year. And I think that's because a lot of the metrics that I put in there correlate year to year like barrels. Um, so I use them quite a bit to develop these, these types of metrics like the home run park factors. Um, and really the, the home run park factors are, are simply basically home runs per barrel. Um, and then I kind of refine them by based on direction. So directional home run park factors. So because they vary quite a bit at each stadium and, and things like that. So it, I definitely use them quite a bit um, when when doing metrics, um, but they're also extremely important when evaluating hitters. So, um, you know, I things like average exit velocity, maybe not so much. Um, I've kind of learned that, that those aren't quite as um, indicative of a player's performance. Um, so, I mean, that's those are kind of I, – I definitely use them quite a bit, but um, how about you? Of course. Yeah, that's something that I will take into account, but uh, I'm not going to like just burn through it and drive myself crazy because there's also the standard deviation of some of those stats that can make things more complicated where you're really not getting the full picture. I think that's what it's probably been done better by like Alex Chamberlain and guys that are smarter than me. Uh, they can look at blast percentage and start creating uh, more information within just those surface stats, which that's why like your head can explode max because you know there's a time where you know launch angle and exit velocity and barrel race these are like stat cast hardcore analytic stuff and now and now it's just being it almost seems like it's typical to me maybe that's because i have a lot of experience now and i've talked to a lot of people but 
that's the feel I have when I think about this stuff. Now we got blast percentage, and we're starting to look at other standard deviations of those numbers, which can start to be like, well, you can't really look at a BABIP. You got to look at BABIP through a certain lens. Yeah, you know, it's just like my head starts to explode. <laughs> uh, it it can be overwhelming at times, but I think that's that's part of the fun, right? Kind of kind of doing research and uh, yes, yes. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Not for everyone. It's not for everyone. I I agree. But I I I you 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 mentioned Alex Chamberlain. I think he's a he's a must read any anytime he comes out with an article. So yes. um, he does some great work. So I I definitely find what he does fascinating. And you know some of the stuff I I do might try to replicate him in a, a very much poorer fashion. <laughs> oh, but absolutely, man. I'm with you all day. I am a big fan of his. He was on the show last month. First time I got to really have a chance to talk to him, just like you and I are doing. And Alex is a great guy. He's a he's a good <laughs> dude, man. He's funny. He makes fun of himself constantly, but he also has incredible mind. And I don't. I just think I'm trying to think of all the listeners too. I'm I'm not thinking of myself when we talk about all this stuff. We want to have less barriers that prevent people from getting more interested in fantasy baseball or the game of baseball itself. It's cool to dive deep, and I believe 1,000% in progression and growth and getting to the most concrete answer possible. But I also don't want people to be afraid of the game if they have an interest in it when they see all these different types of analytical pieces of categories being thrown at them and say, ah, this is too overwhelming, I'm out of here. I don't want that to push people away. It certainly can be overwhelming. It's, <laughs> I mean, if you've never been to baseball savant before, it's it, it's got to be like a nightmare, I would think. <laughs> right, but, yeah. But it's got good stuff, you know. You just got to take the time to learn it, I guess. <laughs> it's, well, that's it's, why people, you know, people like Alex Fast out there, people that take the time to teach people how this stuff works, they're doing good work, and I yeah. give them credit for trying to reduce those barriers. So yeah. shout out to all those people like that. <laughs> good, uh, good work. Oh, also, my, yeah, Matt Williams. Matt Williams is that, too. Yeah, well, <laughs> absolutely. Those are some good guys. No doubt about it. Okay, well, that's enough. We learned a lot from Max's fantasy process. There's so much more we could talk about, but I think we got the basics. Uh, um, is there anything we didn't cover that you feel like, hey, people should know about your fantasy process? Oh, boy. Um, no, I don't think so. I think we covered we covered quite a bit. You did a, you did a great job. I think we, you did a great job. So if we both did a great job, then together this should be the greatest podcast ever known. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. Oh well, that was fun. Now let's have some more fun with Shine or Ride the Pine. This is the segment of the show where we throw a projection at Max, and we're going to say, like, hey, Mike Trout's going to hit 38 home runs this year. Max is going to say shine, or he's going to take the under and ride the pine. It's a real simple formula that always brings me great joy because I love seeing what people are going to pick. I mean, it's just so simple, but, boy, it brings a lot of joy. What do you say, Max? You want to do it? Oh, absolutely. All right, no holes barred. Okay, today we are going to use the Stomper projections. Last show I used CARMS. From Roto Fanatic, Carm Mayor Reynolds. Follow him on Twitter, Carm's Clubhouse, at Carm's Clubhouse. That was a lot of fun. Now we're going to go back to the Stomper projections. Do you know Steve Paolo at all, my friend? I do know Steve Paolo. I think I play in a uh, dynasty league with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's uh, he's very active, and his projections are intense sometimes. Some people would say <laughs> controversial. No, I'm just kidding, Steve. You know, We just did an episode with Steve, so he knows I'm kidding. <laughs> I would call Steve a friend of mine, and hopefully he would call me a friend of his. So... 
All right, here's the first one we're going to give you. Uh, how about this guy? Now, this is Aldoberto Mondesi. You heard of him? Um, I think so. I think I have. Okay. <laughs> well, I just, yeah, you never know. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Max knows what I'm talking about. Max, this is intense. But maybe I don't know what you're going to say. 56 steals. Are you taking Shine or Ride the Pine? That's a Ride the Pine for me. There's... Oh. <laughs> uh, I I've seen all the other projections are in the fifties too. I just don't I just don't think he's going to get the plate appearances to do it. No one else has projected for even more than forty. I think, and I know he's got the talent to do it. He's got the speed to do it. Uh, but he just I don't trust him to get over six hundred plate appearances. And he's his on base percentage is extremely low. Doesn't walk. Uh, it's just going to be a problem, I think. I, I still think he's going to get a ton of steals, but 50, what did you say, 56? I did. That's high. Hey, that's what Stomper <laughs> doesn't fuck around, man. It's hardcore. <laughs> Good stuff. So, I love me some modesty. 56 steals would be a hell of a year. That would be a lot of fun, and uh, I think I'm going to shine that. I'm shining it. Why not? All right. Let's go for it. Let's yeah, have a little bit of disagreement here, a little dissension in the ranks. <laughs> well, that'd be a first-round talent for sure. Hell yeah. And I drafted him like that over the weekend. So let's like do it. it. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in. No fear. Remember the no fear t-shirts? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no fear. How about this guy, Ozzy Albies? Uh, people are confused about Ozzy Albies. They don't know what to do. Uh, can we expect Ozzy Albies to score... 88 or more runs this year. That's a shine for me, for sure. Uh, I think no there's some there's some questions, I think, whether he's going to hit second or not, um, because Swanson kind of took over last year when Albies was hurt, but and Swanson did well, but I still think that's Albies' spot. So he's if he hits second, even two-thirds of the year, he's going he's gonna to pass that total. Nice. Okay, I can get on board with that. What about Aaron Judge? You heard of him? He's had injury problems over his career. We just never know what to expect from this guy. How about 34 home runs this year? Shine or ride the pine? I'm going to ride the pine. I just don't trust him to stay healthy. Not long enough. Oh. I mean, he's, yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I started to be a, a downer. <laughs> Buzzkill. No, look, I love the guy as a talent, but we all know the story. I don't need to replay it for you. If you know fantasy baseball, you know Aaron Judge gets hurt. I'm going to shot it, though. I think he's going to stay healthy enough. Even if he is hurt, he'll play enough to crank out 34 more bombs. I just I just have a feeling. I got a feeling. Ooh, yeah. Remember that song? Yes. Yeah, that song was an earworm. Couldn't go, couldn't go away fast enough, but it never seemed to. I used to go to a gym where I worked out at. Uh, it was like a class. It wasn't like it was like a gym class type thing, and mm-hmm. they play the same damn mix every <laughs> every time. <laughs> so every time I go to this class, I'm gonna do some different routines in terms of exercises. But it was always the same playlist, and that song was on it. It just I, I felt like the life out of me. I feel like I went to a series of weddings whenever that song was popular, and it was played at every single one. And I did not. <laughs> I was not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Yes, I understand. Trust me. I get it. Ryan Mountcastle came up with a thrill in 2020. He is a highly touted prospect of the Baltimore Orioles. In 2021, will Ryan Mountcastle hit 288 or better? Um, I'm going to ride the pine. 
Not uh, not a huge believer in Mountcastle. Oh. Um, I think he kind of played way over. His Babbitt was extremely inflated, and I think he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. So I'm a little bit off on that one. Okay. I am going to shine it. All right. We're disagreeing yeah. quite a bit. We are, and I like that. <laughs> I think... This is a player that you can you can count on. You can trust in Ryan Mountcastle. I love his bat, and if he doesn't get to play a lot either, you know he can still end up with an average over two eighty eight. For some reason, he only plays in fifty games or something. He could hit three forty. So wow. that's but, the trick there. That's the trick. But who else are gonna who else are they gonna play? <laughs> oh, Trey Mancini. Oh yeah. Well, I hope he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I think Trey Mason is healthy. That's yeah, another that's... curious uh, guy to bring to the table in terms of shine around the pine. Maybe I'll pull him up. Uh, but first, we got to go to our pal, Yoan Mankata. We talked about him a lot. Now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Yoan Mankata will have seven or more steals. Shine or ride the pine? Shine. Definitely. The guy's got speed. He just wasn't running last year because of COVID. I mean, come on. You guys gonna have, let's I'm gonna go ten. Let's go ten plus. All right, great. You don't even have to do that, but cool. Yeah. We'll hold you to that. I'll shine it as well. I'm down with it. I think ten steals minimum is is a floor that you can safely live with. DB Gregorius came back to Philly. He's Motown Philly back again. No, no. Poison Man, remember that? Those are good times. Yeah. DD DD Gregorius. He never hits for much average, but uh, can he hit twenty four or more home runs this year? Sounds like a good number. Um, I am going to ride the pine, and that's only because if the ball is no longer as bouncy oh. as it is, he's getting a little bit older. He relies on pull power. Even though it's a favorable park, I think he's going to take a step back. So I'll, I'll just take just barely the under there. That's a good point. We haven't really talked much about the possibly deadened ball. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the pine on it too. I just don't I never draft Didi Gregorius. I'm not interested at all. If he proves me wrong and he hits what twenty five home runs, then hey. Good for him. Yeah. More power to him, I say. <laughs> Good for you, sir. Ramon Loriano, he plays for the Oakland Athletics. He is a fun guy. He probably will hit leadoff, so there's a lot of potential for opportunity here. Can we expect him to score seventy nine or more runs this year? Man, I really liked him going in the last year, and he disappointed. Um, so that's well, he got suspended. Uh, you know, the whole deal with uh, <laughs> said something about, about his mama. That wasn't cool. Yeah, you don't want to fight coaches. Um, yeah. So <laughs> seventy nine. That sounds like I'm gonna shine. Uh, I think I, I like the talent. I think he can do it. I'm right there with you. I'll shine it as well, my friend. I love me some of that. I think he's a really really good player and the best is yet to come so if he's talented and the best is yet to come then i'm gonna say 79 runs is a no-brainer in an oakland team that will probably be underrated as it always is every year oakland is always undervalued and yep. they they've come to play they do yep. clint frazier clint frazier no one's talking about clint frazier i feel like and he's probably looking at some legit playing time this year for the first time in his career clint frazier 23 or more home runs for clint frazier this year um, I am going to ride the pine on that one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's there's still a lot of mouths to feed there, 
and I know they're all um, have injury histories and, and all that, but I think he needs a full slate uh, of playing time to get that number. I'm going to shine it. I love this. Let's do it, man. I'm ready to rock. Gimme, gimme, gimme. More, more, more. I mean, what do you have to be afraid of? No, it, you know, he's, uh, what's he, around 180 overall uh, currently. It just seems a little bit rich, doesn't it? I, I mean, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I think he's I think he's looking at full playing time here, so I think he can easily hit 30 home runs this year, and I really oh. believe that. So I'm shining this. I believe in the opportunity. I believe in the power of Clint Frazier finally cashing in <laughs> and getting a chance to take his game up a notch or two. I, I do believe. I believe in Clint Frazier. Remember that song? There's a lot of songs coming up right now. Do you like Cher, Max? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I was a big fan of Cher, but I do uh, remember that song. Yes, you do. Of course you do. Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns. Man, what a nice little 2020 he had. Now it's 2021. Can we expect 196 or more Ks from Corbin Burns? Ooh. That's very dependent on the innings pitch, right? So absolutely. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be a, a downer again and ride the pine. <laughs> I just I, I don't know if I I don't know if I see more than 140 innings out of him. That would be an extremely high K rate to reach that total. I understand. It's not easy to put yourself out there like that. I I understand. That you're in a situation and i'm also going to ride the pine on 196 strikeouts just a little too rich for my blood even though i love corbin burns i just don't know where we stand right now it's too confusing and i'm not going to say that he's going to be able to pitch enough innings even if he pitched you know if he pitched 115 120 innings uh, i mean you could probably still do 196 if he had a killer k rate he has that kind of stuff he does but that's still too many for that amount of innings pitch. yeah great slider yeah, there you go. See, exactly. There's a slider to fall in love with. Oh, yeah. Remember when he had an 8? Is it? Seems like a lifetime ago he had an 8.44 ERA in 2019. <laughs> well, didn't he have like a home run rate over three or something crazy like that? Yeah, he was just awful. And then all of a sudden, you know, people knew he was talented. He just had to make a couple of changes, a couple of mechanical adjustments, and throw that slider more and party time. So Pitch, Pitching is hard. Pitching is not easy. I have some friends who've pitched. They told me it was very difficult. Yes, not easy. I, I pitched in slow pitch softball, but that's not the same. Uh, not, not quite. <laughs> Ryan Yarbrough. A lot of talk about Ryan Yarbrough as a sleeper this year. A lot of excitement. He plays for the Rays. Can you expect a 444 or lower ERA for Ryan Yarbrough this year? Yeah, I'm going to shine that. Uh, I think he's he's an underrated, talented pitcher, even though he throws 88 miles an hour. He's finesse, finesse. And the and the Rays do a good job of, of managing him. So I think he's going to keep his ratios low. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ride the pine on that. I, I don't know if I buy this Yarborough hype. I still have to do some further investigating on it. But until I do that at this time, he's a player that I'm... Um, torn on right now i don't have enough information either so i it's an incomplete so if you're asking me today to shine and ride the pine it i'm gonna ride the pine and say that's gonna be just over that 4.44 era like a four five maybe a 4.6 that's fair but i'll probably eat those words because he'll probably he doesn't strike out guys but he'll probably keep his rates down and now i'm regretting it actually i changed my <laughs> mind no i'm going i'm gonna 
Shine it. Let's go. I'm going to go with yeah. you. I'm going to join you. Yeah. Join you. All right. <laughs> I'm going to join you. I have the right to change my mind before we move on. Absolutely. So now we're moving on. Nobody can change their mind. Next up in Shadow Rather Pine, Devin Williams. This guy came on and he won the National League Rookie of the Year. Isn't that true? Didn't he really do that? Yeah, he had a strikeout rate of 50% at one point, too, didn't he? Or did he, did he finish the season with a 50%? I don't know. It was, it was close. It was, it was stupid. Nuts. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, he was out of this world. He was. He, that's why he won Rookie of the Year as a relief pitcher for the Brewers. But in 2021, can Devin Williams strike out? No, let's not do that. Let's do this one. Let's try that. A whip of 1.15 or lower. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to shine that. Hmm. I'm going to shine okay. it. He's yeah. going to let it shine. Hey, I got no beef with that. I'm going to ride the pine on that. I think uh, there's going to be a little bit of a higher whip. The K's will be there. They'll always be there. But I'm expecting a little bit more of a bumpy ride for our friend Devin Williams in 2021. It won't be as so favorable to him. And just, there's always a there's a period of learning and growing and Nothing is more obvious to me than a closer or a relief pitcher having a great year than the fact that he'll have a bad year the next year. It's just so often. There's so rarely relief pitchers or closers who can seem to to get beyond that. You know, yeah. I don't you know what I mean? Edwin Diaz, no, uh yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean his walk rate is bound to go up based on his zone rate. I don't think, you know, guys chased a ton at that changeup, which is fantastic, but I I have some concerns with his walk rate. Um, so you might be right. It's, it's definitely a close call. Do I have the right to change my mind? Yes, later on. But not, oh, no, 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 no. You can't change your mind. Right now, you can. Right now, <laughs> you can change your mind. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's good. Let's We go head to head. I like that. I prefer that. Yes, the walk rate in the minors, uh, it's got some issues. There's a propensity for pitchers to get better though and maybe reduce their walks but i don't know man i'd I'd watch out for that walk rate my friends last year walks per nine of three Mm -hmm. but he said 3.95 in 2019 and in the minors he said some lower walk rates but also four five four four a lot of that it stops at various places along the way something to consider doesn't mean it's going to happen just want to give you guys some information some more background on devin williams so you all can make your own china ride the pine opinions Next, how about uh, who haven't we done? You know, that's the other thing too. I I do so many of these with on every episode. We got to make sure we don't cover repeats. You know, we want to have fresh players each time. Sure, that's a lot. Yeah, a lot of players. Uh, Daniel Bard, he had a great story. Uh, is he going to save twenty five or more games this year? Oh, I'm going to ride the pine on that one. I I love the story, but I mean, a Rockies pitcher first of all. And then kind of out of nowhere, it's just, that's a, that's a pretty high number. Yeah, I'm going to ride the pine on that, too. I like Jairo Diaz still, and I think, although it was a great story, I don't know if it's going to repeat itself because of everything I just explained about relief pitchers and closers with Devin Williams. It's just too volatile, man. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah, Michael uh, Givens, too, is there. Yeah, is he still there? Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Uh, how about hmm, Ty France? Ty France of the Seattle Mariners. He's now in Seattle. Late season trade. He was part of the big deal that sent uh, Austin Nola over there to San Diego, amongst a bunch of other players. Ty France, will he hit 278 or better this season? Mm, 
I am going to ride the pine on that one. He had that uh, crazy high 390 Babbitt last year. Um, I'm just not buying it. I'm going to shine it. I'm in. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> I love me some Ty France in 2021. This guy is this is a guy who crushed the ball in the minor leagues. He could hit for a very high average. It's there's a there's a pedigree there where he never got a chance to really flourish with San Diego because they were bringing him up and down a lot, moving him around. There was no consistency, but now I believe that Ty France is going to flourish because he's going to get to play every day. And if if that holds true, as long as he gets to play every day, the bat will take care of itself. That's how I see it. So that's shiny. fair. That's fair. That's fair. I like you know his strikeout rates aren't too bad. You know he may have a shot. He may. Ah, I think it's. It's a fun bet, and he's one of my favorite players coming into 2021, Ty France. I've been drafting him all over the place. Nice. Let's try uh, Josh Lindblom of the Milwaukee Brewers. Can we expect Josh Lindblom to have a 187 strikeouts or more this year? Or how many? 187. Oh, I'm going to ride the pine. Oh. Wow. <laughs> you don't like Josh? 187. Sounds yeah. like a lot. That sounds like a lot. That's a healthy, but if he that means if he's gonna pitch, then it's not that crazy, right? Like he's gonna be pitching a full season worth. Yeah. Um hmm. yeah, that's Don't let me talk thing. you out of it. You know, stay true to <laughs> no, yourself. I, I I I kinda you know, I liked him at, I kept trying to stream him last year and he never seemed to work out, but he does have a healthy strikeout rate. He's got decent swing strike numbers. Um, but I just got don't a fun think... change up. It's like one. It's, uh, somebody, I think it was Alex Fastest. Somebody was showing on Twitter. Is it's so slow in terms of you talk spin rates and all that stuff we were talking about. This is one of like the most slow turning change ups there is in baseball. Which I don't even know what that means to be honest. I'm not going to pretend to tell you I know since he has a slow spinning change. This is what that means. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I. That's a. I think the Brewers have already come out and said they're going to limit innings to starters. He'd, he'd really have to have close to a 30% strikeout rate, which I don't think he's going to reach. Okay. I ask these questions for a reason. That's why we do this show. And, you know, I also am very honest. I will always tell you when I don't know something on the show, I don't ever want to give you guys false information or act like I know more if I don't. I don't like when people do that, so I'm not going to start doing that myself. I'm going to keep it real, as they say. Uh, a couple more, we'll call it. Caleb Smith of the Diamondbacks, former Marlin. Now he's in Arizona. He was traded late last year. Can we expect 130 innings pitched or more for Caleb Smith? Ride the pine on that one. This guy's, got, <laughs> this guy's got too many injury injury issues in the past. Um, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there with Caleb. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the pine too, but. That's not an indictment of Caleb Smith. I really like him a lot. I just think he'll, if he gives you 120 innings this year, that's great. So, oh yeah. But I just don't, I'm with you. I don't see 130 being something that he can accomplish this year. Although I would love to see that. I love everything else about him, though. I still think he's a great value. ADPs and like early 300s, you can take a chance on him and not risk too much. Harrison Bader plays for the Cardinals, he's an outfielder. Who expect Harrison Bader to hit 14 or more home runs this year? That seems reasonable. He's going to get all the playing time 
he needs, I think. So, God, I'm, I don't really want to, but I think um, I'm going to shine that, I guess. I'm going to shine it. My man, Carmarano, with his fastball barrel board, which you can find on rotofanatic.com, by the way. Found some very interesting stuff with Harrison Bader and crushing fastballs. And that he didn't even get to see enough fastballs. He'll see more fastballs this year, which would be good news for home runs opportunities. So I'm going to shine it too, man. I'm with you. Let's let it shine. Let it shine. Drinking that Vaderade. <laughs> hey, good one, Max. Nice job. Look at you contributing to the show. My man. I can dig it. That's how you do it right there. Give me that Vaderade. Give me that. Uh, I don't know if that means anything, but it was pretty dumb. Okay, <laughs> Baderade. I do like Baderade, though. Uh, Carlos Martinez, constantly injured. Seems like they ship him back and forth between the bullpen and the starting rotation. It's been a tough life for a guy like him. I feel bad for him. I don't think it's been fair to him, but, you know, some things he's kind of done to himself. Carlos Martinez, will he give us 134 innings pitched this year? 134. It's just hard for me to do because if he gets put in the bullpen at all, it's over. So I'm going to just ride the pine. Yeah, I'm going to ride the pine too. That seems a bit high. I'm not worried about him going to the uh, bullpen as much. I just don't don't know how he can throw that many innings. I don't see a path to that. I don't see a reality where Carlos Martinez comes back and throws 134 innings this year. just doesn't seem like it would happen, but... Prove me wrong, Carlos, because I am also drafting him still. Another guy I'm drafting, but I'm just not expecting that much. I'm, I'm going to agree with Max on that. And finally, one for the road, as they say. Wilson Contreras, he's a Chicago Cub, right? He is. Can we expect Wilson to have a 343 or better OBP this season? Oh. Um... Well, I'm going to put on some rose-colored glasses and say shine <laughs> without a whole lot of convi- <laughs> without a whole lot of conviction. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm going to join you on that by the way. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not uh his walk rate's not not great. He kind of does he does benefit from a, an elevated BABIP, but uh, I think he's I think he'll have a bounce back. <laughs> my man i can dig on that that's awesome i am going to support you on that and i'm glad that we could come to terms and close shine to ride the pine on equal footing well done sir that's not easy to do i mean that's a lot that coming at you at the same time and i thought you handled it masterfully max you should be proud of yourself oh thank you i appreciate it. that was a that was pretty difficult so uh, congratulate yourself on that <laughs> <laughs> i do it every show man i can't get congratulated for that <laughs> All right, before we hit the road, uh, we want to answer some of your emails and your tweets that you had for Max that you wanted to throw his way. And we definitely ask them because you give them to us. This one comes from at Dap Scout. He says, who is your Big Bang Theory player? The player everyone else likes, but you keep saying, this show is terrible. Have you ever watched it without a laugh track? What are you thinking? (laughs) Great great tweet, by the way, Dap Scout. Thank you so much. I loved it. That is good. Um, yeah, I don't know if everyone loves him, but Luis Robert is just going way too high. 
Um, I just don't think that he's going to be able to maintain uh, those types. And I, he is a risk of hitting 205, 210. I mean, he's, he's that erratic with, uh, with the bat. Yes, he can hit 30 home runs and potentially steal 30 bases, but I just think the risk is extremely high with him. He completely fell off in September. Um, so I think we may see more of that in a full season than we will the first month. Well said. Well said. That's a great tweet from Dap Scout, and that's an excellent response, Max. I, I, can, I can live with it. I can roll with it. There's no name on this. I apologize. I thought there was a name, but there is not. Is that okay? Can we still ask it, Max? Sure. Oh, cool. All right, we got Max's <laughs> approval. We're going to ask it anyway. This unknown person says, Hi, I'm just wondering between these two players, which one you prefer? J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler. Should I keep these two guys in a 12-team dynasty league? Thanks. Well, I'll see that the 12-team dynasty is a little different. I mean, I certainly like J.D. this year and I bounce back now that they're getting video. Um, in a dynasty, it's a little different, but I still think I still think you may get a little more value out of J.D. because Solaire, to me, seems like uh, a little more one-dimensional and may have a very short peak. I mean, I'm sure we've already seen his peak season. So, yeah, maybe maybe stick with J.D., especially if you're in a win now. Okay, there it is. Directly from Max's mouth. They keep a coming at you. Well, that's it. That's all we got. I thought we'd have more, but, you know. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry hey. I let you down, Max. Hey, that's a total <laughs> failure. So. That's okay. It's it's uh, it's late. <laughs> As they say. Oh, wait, no, I got one more. I got oh. one more. Oh, this is from uh, Jason. He says, who would you rather keep, Mike Trout or Trey Turner? Oof. That's I don't have any other information. For <laughs> a, I wish yeah, there was more. Uh, yeah, I, that's a you know if it's a roto format, I think I'm going to go with Turner. To be to be honest, but uh, if it's um, points or uh, maybe an OBP league, it's definitely Trout. Okay, there it is. Wonderful, Max. You survived everything. You've done a great job. You can pat yourself on the back. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, so glad that we got to know each other a little bit by talking fantasy baseball and cracking some jokes, man. Yeah, Michael, thanks so much for having me. I had a great time. Uh, really love uh, all the questions. Uh, everything was fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to competing with you in the draft room in Glarf coming up next. Yeah. Couple, I, don't know, I don't know when the draft is, but it's got to be in the next couple of weeks, some first or month or so. I guess I would assume it's happening <laughs> at some point soon. Yes. Yes. Before April 1st, I hope. So. <laughs> I hope so. That's going to be uh, fun. Before you go, though, uh, you know, let people know where they can find you, what's going on with you. Like, anything you want to share, this is a perfect time to share it, Max. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at FreezeStats. Um, hit me up with any of your questions. Uh, DM me, whatever. I'm, I'm going to uh, put up uh, my ranks probably on Twitter soon, just kind of uh, float them out there um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then hopefully when I start getting a little more research in, get my website back up and running, and uh, I'll certainly be sharing that when that happens. Um, so, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Max. This has been the Hey! It's the Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to Roto Fanatic, check out our rankings, check out our latest articles, including Day Funnels, the week that was. And if you're listening to this on the day that we put this out, it's probably another day now, so... 
I don't even know what's on Roto Fanatic on the day you're listening to the podcast version of this. So just go check it out. We got a lot of great stuff on there. We got our rankings. We got articles. We've got all kinds of stuff that we can share with you. You're going to love it. It's going to be fun for you. I promise. I do promise that much. And you'll learn something, of course. Don't forget, you can email the show, plazopodcast at protonmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, plazopodcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. That's all we have time for. It's been a pleasure talking with Max Freeze about fantasy baseball. Thank you for giving us your time, your energy. To everybody who supported the show and giving us a lift, thank you so much. we got more guests coming on later this week. Stay tuned for it. It's going to be fantastic. Godspeed, everyone. Insane fantasy takes. Why you champion player? You must be insane. Insane fantasy takes. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.